are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you for doing this. I have really felt called to talk on this subject just because um, I think that alcohol is something that we're growing up as our generation to accept as normal or to really like play a huge role in our lives. So I think it's going to be really cool, you know, from your perspective, someone who struggled with it um, and someone who really had to go through the process of eliminating that addiction from your life. But also from my perspective of like someone who chooses to, you know, moderately drink. Um, So it's just, it's nice in order to have a good conversation. I think it's good to have two different perspectives. So yeah, um, I agree. Let's just start, I want to start, like, what, with your opinion on alcohol. Um, I know when we talked earlier, we we both kind of agreed that for the majority, alcohol is something that, you know, by eliminating or by really trying to moderate in our lives is going to improve our lives. Um, Can you kind of, for the listeners, talk about your overall opinion on that um so I think that if you drink then I mean that's a personal decision and I think it just um it varies between each individual because we're all so different I know for me and my fiance we both say like hey like because everybody like you know at parties or whatever they're like oh do you mind if we drink and we're like honestly no like we don't care but for us personally, we can't, mm. we can't do it. Um, because for us, it goes straight to bed, mm-hmm. like, um, zero to a hundred really quick. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, not everybody has that problem. And, and I think, I think we all know someone like that. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it is, it's common, I think, but, mm. um, just not every goes through that um and I guess that's why it's a an addiction um you know an illness um my husband actually works in um drug and alcohol behavioral um rehabilitation he doesn't actually work with the patients but it's a huge it's an industry right yeah um because because people struggle um, no go ahead so when you drink right you're altering your mind um so I think it know? also depends on how much you take in as well when you're drinking. Right. And also, like, maybe your surroundings. I think there's so many different factors that go into drinking alone that it's a um, sometimes tough, uh, tough thing. <laughs> do you know the science behind what happens when you consume alcohol? Like, do you know anything um, as far as when you were doing um AA courses or any kind of self-work um do you know anything chemically as far as scientifically what occurs I mean we all know that something happens in the brain clearly um um do you want me to look it up yeah let's just do I mean this is like a learning conversation this is a learning conversation um so yeah we can definitely do that but um but I know it it alters your your brain like chemically and it is Um, a depressant so right it it definitely has those downs um associated mm -hmm. with it 
So for me, yeah, it became, a de- well, it is a depressant. So for me having depression, I think it was kind of like um, confusing because I leaned on alcohol to for my escape and what it was doing to me was completely opposite. You know, it was making my depression worse, but I didn't realize that. Right. So for a lot of people, like they'll turn to alcohol, they'll drink it because it feels good, right? But then it's just going to cause like more mm-hmm. negative side effects. Right. Yeah, it feels good in the moment. It's something that we use. Um... Dopamine, that's it. <laughs> okay. Does it? So does it suppress dopamine? Um, so the initial euphoric effects of alcohol are a result of dopamine being released from the reward center in the brain. Dopamine is the feel good neurotransmitter and it is involved in feeling pleasure. It's released is also thought to be one of the mechanisms that drive addiction. Um, In addition, dopamine drinking alcohol initially releases serotonin, which is another neurotransmitter involved in feeling happy and calm. Okay. Yeah. So it makes sense why people want to drink (laughs) because it's hard to do that on your own in life. Um, So Mm -hmm. before we get into your story a little bit, because your story is very interesting too, um, I kind of wanted to talk about um, how today alcohol consumption is normalized and it is kind of associated with the party scene. And when you go and hang out with your friends, most of the time it is something that's going to be there. Um, and so it's kind of just accepted and we don't really put a lot of thought into it. But the reason why I've been thinking a lot about it lately is because I'm on a journey to like basically optimize my experience here while I'm alive. Um, and for me, that includes optimizing my brain, optimizing my body. And most of the studies will tell you that alcohol is not the best, um, for your brain and for your body. I think one molecule of alcohol kills three molecules of brain cells. We all know what it feels like to be hungover. It's never fun. Um, and you're just not yourself. You're not your true self when you are drinking alcohol. We've all had those experiences. But we've all had experiences, too, maybe, uh, where we've enjoyed a glass of wine occasionally and nothing really occurred from that. Um, So how do you feel like as far as alcohol is advertised and talked about, where can the improvements come so that maybe we start looking at it differently? Um, I think maybe like the media, like commercials, um, even um, like in the media, like um, yeah. how you have a lot of celebrities coming out with alcohol. Um, I mean, all of that's fine. Like it's okay. Like, but at the same time, I think they need to show like the aftermath and the, the side effects and like the negative things that happen when people drink right like I think if you turn on the news you'll hear somebody drunk driving and killing someone like that's not cool no and you know they'll only show you at the party right they won't show you at the accident and I think um they should just have both sides and not glorify and glamorize alcohol because it's really dangerous 
And, you know, I didn't even think about that until we had our initial conversation. Um, And I was watching a TV show last night. We um, are trying to catch up on Lucifer. Oh, I haven't started that. It's a a good show. Um, And... (laughs) But it was a scene, you know, he owns a club um, in Los Angeles. And, you know, the whole TV show is, every episode there is a lot of drinking. But it's very glamorous. It's very glamorous. He has this immaculate bar. Um, The drinks look amazing. I mean, last night's episode kind of cracked me up because God came down from heaven in human form and he made a mixed drink. And I was like, this is crazy. (laughs) But I would never have, like, thought about that until um, you brought it up. So I really agree. Like, you know, sure, maybe alcohol's not bad for everyone, but it can be bad for a lot of people. And when it's glamorized, it may tend, uh, it may, like, push us in a direction to incorporate it more in our lives than we really want to. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with that. Or should, you know, because, I don't know. (laughs) I still think it's fine if you drink, you know, here and there, but I just still think it's very unhealthy, you know, because, like, you know. Right. um, Like, how we were talking about, like, habits and how it would turn into something more, maybe. Right. Um, And I um, was thinking about um, just drinking and it's one of those things that's once you do make it a habit you almost feel like I don't want to say like you feel like you have to have it but you're more prone to I did because it came it became like um like a medication that you would take every day you know for me that was that you know it wasn't like um I just wanted a glass of wine with dinner and that was it. You know, I think my dad was like that. He had a couple beers or a glass of red wine. Like I remember that perfectly, but right. I think for me because of my emotions and my different mindset, I wanted something different out of alcohol instead of just like comfort and like, um, I wanted more. Right. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's a good place to actually move into your story. Um, So your story, I really enjoyed listening to um, because it's hard for, like, people who don't necessarily have an addiction Mm -hmm. to understand what it's like to suffer from an addiction. And I think the reason why your story could really help anyone, not just people who are struggling with addiction, but also people who are trying to be better versions of themselves um, because you went from really relying on alcohol as a crutch for your emotions to literally not having one sip of alcohol in three years. Is that right? Almost three years. Yeah. And that's amazing. I mean, the average person on the street could not say that could not say like, oh, I haven't had alcohol in three years. The longest I went without alcohol was when I was pregnant. And um, we talked a little bit about that, but I thought it was gonna be a lot harder than it was because I was like, how am I supposed to have fun the rest of the summer? Or how am I supposed to go out and watch people have alcohol and I can't, but it was not hard. Um, And I found myself, um, you know, happy and enjoying the company. so, yeah, let's let's go into your story a little bit, if you don't mind. Um, 
and we kind of spent a lot of time on your story uh, previously, but just just kind of summarize just summarize where yeah. your problem started, why it started, and uh, kind of the pivotal moment that shifted in that journey for you. So. I kind of like always start my story of addiction with birth just because for me, I feel like um, that kind of opened the door for my addiction to even begin because I was addicted to the crack cocaine because my mom was using um, during her pregnancy. But my first actual taste of alcohol or anything was around age 12. And then from there, it kind of opened up this whole new world for me where and at the time I was dealing with my like emotions well my emotions were coming to the surface you know you're a teenager you're just learning how to fit in but like I feel like everything came crashing down then um so for me alcohol took me out of that it was an escape from reality and I relied so much on that drug because yeah. alcohol is a drug that we say in AA in NA. Um, but at first it was um, a way for me to have fun and that's what we did more than we probably should have but we were teenagers and everybody likes to party when you're a teenager. Well not everybody but from where I grew up we did. Um, but then along the way, it kind of started getting out of hand and I would end up in hospitals with alcohol poisoning. I would be sitting in court on a Monday morning and not in school, you know, I would be in trouble for something. Um, I would fight more with people. I think the aftermath of what alcohol does to you affected me emotionally more. Um, where therapy and medication weren't working. And then by high school, it was kind of just like, maybe not totally out of control, but enough out of control where when I was 17, I went away for um, a dual diagnosis help where I got help for alcohol drinking, mm -hmm. but and for like um, suicide attempts, like mental stuff. And um, I did like three different programs and then the halfway house. And then um, I didn't finish the halfway house. I had my parents pick me up for some reason. And then I never really stayed sober after that at 17. I remember still going out and partying and drinking with people. And um, so that experience never really helped me. And I clearly wasn't really ready to change from drinking. Um, so that lasted a while. Um, in my 20s is probably when I think drinking for me took off because of the emotional factors still, because I feel like that never went away. And that's kind of why you always would find me like out drinking, but then I turned 21, you know, so I was able to go to bars. Mm -hmm. um, so then you would always find me at a bar. But I was kind of living my life too. Um, sorry, my dogs are gonna That's be barking. Fine. Um, but so 21, you know, I went to school, but then after I'd be at the bar, 
at the time my dad was going through Alzheimer's Alzheimer's disease and my family life was kind of like chaotic and I did not want to be around that so I would always go drinking and I I do regret a lot of that now because you know I could have spent time with him and my family but it's a whole nother story um but then he did pass away so my 20s were kind of like blurry I was just a party animal and I didn't care about anything really um but I did get up and go to work and then party so it was just like I was a functioning alcoholic um but so I guess I still had problems with like the court scene in and out of that and I remember one time the judge um gave me an ultimatum and she made me go away like forced um like when your family or who the court like makes you go away to get help so that happened I think I was around like 24 Mm -hmm. and I did that program for a few months and you know that at that moment I thought I, I got it I thought I could quit drinking and um but I couldn't it was just like I don't know addiction is just so tricky like when you're in it you kind of don't think you have a problem and you don't want to admit it. Um, so, but at that moment, you know, I thought I could quit. I thought I was like, you know, better or it could be better. But then I got out and I didn't quit drinking and didn't quit partying. Um, and that led me to getting my first DUI. Um, so then I was put on a breathalyzer. I was um, made to go to all these different therapy groups and, um, bunch of different stuff Mm. and then I think a year after that I was almost done with that um program and I got my second DUI because you know I was still drinking so my story with drinking is just out of control and I don't think I ever was one to be like hey let me just like have a glass of wine and like chill because like I would always drink to like get fucked up or black out or you name it and I ended up in so many crazy situations um so then let's fast forward to when I was um 29 right so um everything in my life had gotten to a point where my drinking was completely out of control and my drinking in the end took me to places that I never thought it would and I became more angry and maybe alcohol finally wasn't like doing it for me which is crazy because that was my thing right um so my addiction brought me to the hospital again and this time I don't know like it, may, it might have been a near-death experience. I think it was, but um, I saw, like, I had an out-of-body experience where I was out of my body, and I looked down at my body in the hospital bed, and I was like, what is going on? You know, it was so weird, um, and something pushed me back into my body or, like, told me to go back, and it was like, it's not your time. Wow. And so I woke up, and I was like, wow, you know, like, this is crazy, like... I need to stop drinking. I need to just be sober. I need to fix my life and turn it around um, or I will die. (laughs) So for me, I 
went into a detox program again, but it was my final and last time. And um, I honestly like thought I couldn't quit drinking, but this time around, I put so much effort into it. And in that detox, they gave me um, an option to like continue a treatment or go home. And I knew like, I didn't want to go home. So I left Massachusetts and I went to Rhode Island and I did a six month program at the Salvation Army, which is a faith-based program for people who are homeless or who um, have addiction problems with alcohol or drugs or whatever you name it. And it's a walk-in program. So they take you, but they had to like, you know, screen you and make sure that it's the right fit. Um, And it's also open doors so you can leave whenever you want. And so I enrolled in that program. I left Massachusetts. I left everything behind me. And um, I kind of just like started a whole new life kind of by myself in a different state and um, did a whole 180. And I gained my faith back in my higher power, my God. Um, You know, I really dived headfirst into my spirituality. And I feel like that was my saving grace. Mm-hmm. And um, that God is what saved my life. Um, and without that program, I don't think I would have made it. But um, after the program, I did a six months, um, like halfway house for women, where they kind of like get you situated back in a society. And then it's been almost three years that I've been sober. So um, it's, it was quite a ride in my active addiction. You know, we could I could sit here for hours talking about one situation that happened because, you know, um, and there are many times where I almost died or came close to it. And, you know, we just did crazy things, some of my friends and I, um, drinking and yeah. But looking back, being sober, I feel like this is all I've ever wanted. And part of me like wishes I never took up a drink, um, but then I wouldn't um, have experienced the life I had. Um, so for me, drinking is a big no. Um, but I always wish like I could be that person or my friends who, you know, could go out on the weekend and drink and have nothing bad happen to them. You know, like I always like ended up like, the saying it's like I can't drink because I'll break out in handcuffs or like stuff like that and that's me but it feels good to be sober today um everything is so much clearer I am so much more happier um my depression doesn't like cloud my judgment like it used to in the past and alcohol was definitely a contributor to making that worse um it totally altered my mind. Um, yeah, you know, I'm lucky to have a clear mind and not yeah. be more messed up from the heavy drinking that I did. Right. Um, you know, and I just wish that it wasn't targeted to teenagers or yeah. um, as in the media or like as it is in society because a lot of people a lot of people 
turn to addiction for so many different things, you know. But then there's the other spectrum where some people just drink at like family gatherings or so it's just, it's really hard, but I know the danger and I know um, the bad outcomes. So for me, I would, I would love to advocate people not to drink. Um, but you know, the first step is admitting you have a problem. The, the first step to anything is to cutting back or, you know, if you, if you think you have a problem, you might have a problem. There's just so much, mm-hmm. but would people benefit from not drinking completely? Yes. Cutting back is great. Um, but yeah. And sometimes I think when we do cut back on like anything that we have a horrible habit with, whether it's smoking, um, consuming mm-hmm. too much television, yeah. food, once, <laughs> yes, eating, you know, sweets. Anytime we do cut back, it kind of shows us like, you know, you start to recognize how you feel without that habit. And, right. you know, when you feel better, it's you're more inclined to do better. Um, and so maybe it starts out with you cutting back. And I'm kind of in that yeah. place, too. I'm, I'm cutting back and I feel really good. Um, and I'm seeing that, like, I can be the fun, sober friend, okay. you know. Um, and, you know, I can go... Like I have a, a concert that I'm going to with some friends in mm-hmm. January and um, I plan on being the, the DD and not mm-hmm. having anything to drink. And I'm like, you know, I wonder what that's going to feel like, because to be honest, I've never been to a concert and not had mm-hmm. alcohol. Um, and I'm interested to see kind of how my life changes, just realizing, you know, why do I want to have this drink right now? What will it do to my body? You know, asking those questions before I just mindlessly consume. Um, Because I know a lot of people that don't really drink. And then I know a lot of people that do drink. And then I know a lot of people that have a problem with it. Um, Mm -hmm. And my mom, you know, I think one reason I'm so interested in it as well is my mom is bipolar, schizophrenic. She had a problem with alcohol, and then she she calls herself a trash can junkie. Mm-hmm. Um, she did anything and everything that she could get her hands on because she was chasing that feeling, you know. Yeah, and but, honestly, alcohol, I feel like, is a gateway drug, too, mm-hmm. because once you're under the influence, it's so easy to try anything else. And yeah. I feel like I was in that situation so many times as yeah. well. And, you know, my mom is in her early 60s now, and I see her some. Um, we're not very close because a lot of things happened in my life. And not that I haven't, not that I haven't forgiven her, but our, um, our relationship is just not necessarily whole. Right. Um, but she now has a hard time, like, being happy because she they say that you only have a certain amount of dopamine and serotonin like chemical releases in your brain. So when you're constantly consuming things that are releasing, telling your brain to release the dopamine, I do know this. I had a counselor tell me this, um, that it's going to be harder for you to be happy or find joy in everyday moments. Um, Mm -hmm. and she definitely does. She, I mean, like at my wedding, you know, I invited her to my wedding and, um, very odd because she never really smiled the entire time. And then she's always the first to leave. Um, but it's definitely something, you know, if you see that you have a habit 
that can really bring out the worst in people. Why not try to to pull back and to be a better version of yourself? And that's kind of where mm-hmm. I was at. So that story, your story is amazing. Um, and it's, I hope that you give yourself like so yeah. much credit and appreciation. Well, I guess I'm fortunate, you know, that like nothing worse happened to my brain chemically or, you know, me in general. Cause- So we we left off with you finished telling your story and uh, yeah. um, thank you again for sharing that because um, I feel like some people don't want to openly share things like that you know the negative sides of their life or who they were and stuff which um, I think we should do more of that but. Right. Um, so now I kind of want to, with the last 10 to 15 minutes, I kind of want to move over into um, kind of just tangible tips and tangible action steps um, for anyone that's listening that is maybe considering, you know, um, coming down um, off of alcohol consumption or someone who maybe is looking at themselves and they're like hang on i think i might have a real problem um can you share like what motivated you to continue to show up and to continue to choose not to drink and during that time what did you struggle with and what did you gain um i think a big motivating factor was my health um because i feel like i came to my rock bottom so they say and after that i feel like your life kind of just falls apart and there's not much that you want to live for so by becoming sober it kind of gave me my life back um it helped me to um I guess, let me think, um, I don't know, I just had more to live for when I became sober, and um, I just kind of learned how to do my life again, over, and um, yeah, I'm just trying, I'm just trying to think. Um, yeah, I feel like it's very personal too, it's different for everyone. Yeah. Like for you, I feel like with your story, what motivated you was that out of body experience. And, you know, not everyone may have something like that. And for you, luckily, you had that experience. Um, And I think that was probably a huge motivating factor for you also. Right. Um, Definitely. Definitely was. Um, Mm -hmm. But. I mean, because there wasn't, I don't know, many factors. I think it was kind of like I had to kind of get sober or there would be nothing type of situation. Right. Um, A big help, though, was the faith part that I mentioned before. Yeah. Um, Because I did lose that um, a while back. So then it was kind of just like 
I was sucked into like darkness and I just kind of like had that I don't care um, type of attitude towards everything in my life. Um, on top of like the depression and everything. So gaining my faith back made me, helped me to see life in a different perspective. Okay. So, um, yeah. So you had a completely fresh perspective on things after that experience. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. When you become sober, completely sober after drinking for so long with an addiction to it, um, yeah, life is just amazing. It's kind of like you're taking off like the sunglasses and everything's brighter. Um, you know, your your mind isn't clouded with judgments and you can just think clearer, you're healthier in so many different ways. Was it hard? Like, was each day hard and challenging for you? Like, did you feel yourself yeah, wanting to revert like, back to the, the previous lifestyle? I think in the beginning I did because it's so easy for us to be like, oh, well, that's all I knew. I want to um, experience familiar things. So, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone is a big thing that you have to do in recovery. And like that's um, <clears throat> like when you go to AA, you want to like, you know, participate become a member, help out and do as much as you can to, um, you know, stay on top of your sobriety and you're surrounded by other people who are sober. Um, and then not only with AA and NA, but when you put yourself like in, when you step outside of your comfort zone, um, I don't know, you. What am I trying to say? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Pregnancy brain. It kind of pushes you, like. Um, yes, like if you, you stay know, where you are. You're not something you're not familiar with. Like, yes. Always... Like if the when we're familiar with like um, like what we know, what you know, like our old selves, then it's easy to get like stuck in like patterns, right? Yes. So that's probably one reason why I never was able to stop drinking or right. to quit drinking. Right. I just kept going back to what mm -hmm. I knew. And that's one reason why I am, <clears throat> I did move away from Massachusetts to Rhode Island because I just didn't feel safe, like going back right. into the same environment. Yeah. I once um, listened to Tony Robbins, uh, one of his speeches, and he was saying that people want to identify with something that, you know, depicts who they are like so for people that smoke cigarettes or drink alcohol a lot of the times they just identify with that and they're like this is who I am this is part of who I am and mm -hmm. we have a tendency as humans to want to identify with character traits that define us and so I think that's important what you're saying about like just stepping outside of your comfort zone because I'm sure it wasn't comfortable doing anything you did and it probably wasn't comfortable stepping into meetings and talking to other people and then um, I feel like that's the same with people who are even trying to cut out alcohol like right. I, I quickly saw by cutting out alcohol um, especially during the week I'm like oh I would usually be having a glass of wine right now like what am I gonna do instead 
um, to wind mm-hmm. down. Like, how can I relax? You know, how can I, you know, get in the mood? <laughs> so it's like, yeah. um, you just kind of have to learn to be uncomfortable at first, I think, and then just give it time. Right. Yeah. You just have mm-hmm. to give it time. Um, so true. Yeah. I love that. Um, so did you have anything like any replacements for that addiction for you? Like a lot of people will, you know, replace an addiction with like a healthy addiction. Like every time they want to drink, they might go for a walk. They might walk their dog. They might, you know, do some yoga, meditate. Did you find any kind of replacements that helped with that? Um, I think it's a time for me, like reading like spiritual mm-hmm. books or writing, yeah. kind of was my outfit. I mean, we had like a um, a treadmill in the room, and I got to have like yoga videos. But the program was kind of like it's faith based, but it was like kind of strict at the same time. So we were kind of limited to what we could have, what we could do. Like for two weeks, we couldn't leave the building. So um, you know, you kind of work your way up until to get to a point. But I did a lot of writing, did a lot of reading. And I guess that was kind of like my meditation. Right. I didn't meditate during those times. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel healthier, like, physically? I think so. I think drinking a lot takes a toll on your body, um, physically and mentally, like, across the board. And, um... Yeah, I feel like more energized, I guess. Yeah. And just when your emotional um, health is like 100%, then everything else is going to follow that, right? Yes. So. Yeah, I even noticed, I even noticed the last few weeks that I've been really taking a step back from drinking any alcohol that I don't feel bloated. I don't feel as tired. Mm -hmm. I feel very much more like clear headed. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I'm. Um, before we close, because I think my daughter's about to wake up again, um, I, I wanted to kind of share a story that I was telling you in our uh, brief chat before we recorded today um, about the time that I decided to be DD and I went to a bar until 2 a.m., um, completely sober. <laughs> and that was a first yeah. because usually we were all messed up. Um, and I right. was like, man, how am I going to have fun? And I didn't really go with the intentions of being DD, but I, I went and I realized quickly, like, someone needs to get us home safe. Um, and it's going to look like it's going to be me. Um, but I remember, like, for me, it was a very eye-opening experience because it was not everything that my alcohol brain probably thought it was as far as, like, the level of fun. <laughs> Like, so people different. were, like, bumping into me, and it was annoying, and I had drinks spilled all over me, and my feet were getting stepped on, and, you know, the the type of people, you can actually read the type of people that are there. Like, the type of people right. that were there were not anyone that I would choose to hang out with, you know, on a regular basis. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was really eye-opening for me, I was, and I ended up having a really good time. <laughs> I ended up like dancing and making a fool out of myself and I was like, but it's so funny because everyone else is completely drunk and they have no idea that I'm completely sober. But um, 
I would encourage like anyone that's listening to this and they're like, how can I have fun without alcohol? How can I go out with my group of friends and stay out and dance and enjoy myself without alcohol? I would just say, try it. Yeah. Try it. Just try it. Like, what do you have to lose? Yeah. Even a year in, um, they had this benefit get together for a friend who passed away and like obviously everybody was drinking there and me and my fiance were like I think a year sober at that point maybe and we're like this is so weird like you know what are we gonna do but I mean we drank Red Bulls and you know we just hung out and you do be like a whole different side of people um and that was probably our first outing and a type of drinking scene. Yeah. You know, so it's difficult, but it's doable. And there's this whole other world out there for people who quit drinking, who still want to like drink something. So there's a whole world out there about mocktails yes. and people in the sober community who like, yes. you know, put out mocktails or still make drinks, but they're not. Exactly. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. there's always different options for people as well. Yeah, I like that. If you want to, like, drink, you know, but. Yeah. Um, my motto, too, like, if you're someone that's like, okay, I don't have a problem with alcohol because I don't have an addictive personality when it comes to drinking, yeah. I but I do want to cut out the level that I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. My advice, too, is just for anyone, really, is just don't drink to feel good drink to feel better so if you're having like a jolly time if you are at a you know brewery or a winery and you are able to consume without the problem of you know getting intoxicated then just do it to feel better don't feel it don't drink to feel good because most of the time when you're drinking to feel good I think that's going to turn into a problem (laughs) Um, and oh, yeah, I definitely. say that from experience too. <laughs> okay. You know, there's been several times I'm just having the worst day, the worst week. I'm emotional, mm-hmm. and it does not do any good. It, it makes your problem so okay. much worse. Yes. So. Yeah, you don't want to like rely on it too much like yeah. that because yeah. then it does turn into a problem. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing. I really appreciate it, and I think that um, it's really awesome that you're sharing your story with other people I I mean I think that's probably part of your calling um you know because you didn't go through that to just to keep quiet about it like you can totally change people's lives um even people who don't know what it's like to have an addictive personality like your story really it helped me and it encourages me like if she can go through what she's went through I can definitely do better you know myself so I really appreciate oh, yeah. it. We probably talked about this topic forever. Yes. I think we should do like a part two. <laughs> right. A part about, two. about, you know, other things too, because you have quite a story. I have a story, um, yeah. but I really enjoyed it. And I think that um, what we talked about will help a lot of people. Yeah, I agree.